Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so in a first for the Relationship Guy podcast, I'm going to be talking to somebody today and we're going to be discussing a particular area of relationships that they might be struggling with and kind of you know, basically doing a, a kind of coaching session around the things that they might be struggling with and trying to get some resolution for them by the end of today's episode. Um, I won't be using the gentleman's name, but thank you very much for agreeing to be recorded today for the podcast. So if you could just um, tell me what it is that we're looking at today and what you'd like to talk about and uh, the resolution perhaps you'd like to find by the end of the hour that we've got together. Yeah, well, I've generally had reasonably low self-worth for a fair bit of my life. And I think that's translated into not really taking much action on the relationship front. Um, you know, I have in the past, and um, but it's been a bit stunted and sporadic. And so, yeah, if, if it's a little bit like a muscle, that emotional intelligence in the relationship area, I, I think, you know, building a, a bit of extra confidence and, and kind of drive, you know, and, and seeing the value in myself to to persevere and, and do some stuff that you know might be a, a tiny bit uncomfortable to you know to, to potentially get some results it would be be where I am I think. When you say that you are have reasonably low self-worth do you have an understanding of perhaps where that comes from? Yeah I think part of it is probably from being bullied at school um some of the time mm-hmm. and um and been an only child a little bit as well, I think, has led to, you know, a, a kind of lower, a lower, you know, emotional intelligence around people. So, yeah, yeah, I've, I've generally just had quite low confidence in, in a lot of areas of my life, really. Um, so the, the, the things that you struggled with as a, as a child definitely are playing out in your adult life at the moment. Yes. And stopping you from finding the kind of person that you want to have a relationship with. Yes. Okay. So you say that when you were a child, that perhaps it meant that your emotional intelligence wasn't as good as it could have been, as high as it could have been. Can you tell yes. us a little bit about that? Yeah, sometimes I am a bit slow on the uptake, I think, of situations and um maybe the the best way to react and i think that's led me to you know hide away in either work or even traveling you know living abroad and and things you know finding a focus in you know things i like and there's nothing wrong with that but probably hiding away from some actions because I'm scared of the mental discomfort and emotional discomfort if things might go wrong or 
you know, what people might think. Yeah, it's a, a fear of upsetting other people, actually. Yeah, thank you for teasing it out of me. It wasn't on the tip of my tongue. But yeah, I'm so desperately bending over backwards to make sure that I don't upset anybody. Um, that, you know, I, I, for example, I can't, you know, imagine, or it, uh, it pains me, you know, to imagine a, somebody's, meeting somebody's parents, you know, was a potential, you know, home in a relationship with, and that um, judgment of, you know, I perceive of my every move. And, and that is probably what is happening to some extent, but I need to man up and accept that that's part of the journey. And unless I'm going to embrace and even see an opportunity in that, I'm just keeping myself out of the game and, and restricting myself from, from joy, a lot of joy potentially. You mentioned the word word judgment there. Uh, is that something that is, is big for you, either that fear of being judged? Yes. <clears throat> and, and where do you think that might come from, that idea that someone's going to judge you? Well, it's, it, I feel as though all my imperfections are kind of already displayed. Well, that is interesting looking like that. And they're not, and not, you know, they might not, you've got, I know, somehow love your imperfections to some extent, but there's something in my mind that's <clears throat> already got them displayed, even though they're not displayed, and um, just waiting <laughs> for them to be to, to, to be picked upon. Okay. But is it, a, is it one experience going up just at this moment from my childhood where that stems from nothing is you know but I've not maybe spent enough time looking into myself for that uh, but just on the right at the moment there isn't one springing straight to my mind so you say waiting to be picked upon you mentioned already that you were bullied at school yes um, could there be some form of connection there? Yes. Yes. It. Yes, that, that hiding away part that I inhabit. Not wanting to be unsure. Part of me. Um, it's in the same. The same space. It, it hurt, yeah, it's a hurt that I don't want to face if someone turns out not to like me. And, you know, I, I now realise, you know, in life, universal law, not everybody's going to like you. But I've not really merged that more adult, you know, wisdom of you can't please everybody with maybe that inner child bit of me that <laughs> still <laughs> needs everybody to like me. <laughs> yeah, so it's somewhere in that space, I think, where my problem is. Can I just quickly touch on your upbringing then with your parents? Uh, being an only child, um, were, were you, were, did you have a loving environment at home? Yes. There, there, I mean, of course, all parents argue and... Um, but you know, generally, there were loving parents, mm -hmm. you know, and 
providing a you know a nice environment one of i had a, a bit more of a struggle with my dad because I, I always perceived him as being a little bit too what was it molly coddling kind of overprotective and right. you know I, a couple of my friends maybe did pick up on that and and took the mickey out of me you know for oh yeah he's not gonna you know your dad will not let you do that anyway oh. um so there was a bit of a there's probably still some like, unresolved anger there with my dad what I can see now was only trying his best for me in the way you know it, it was him he was trying to love me really but the there definitely was yeah some hatred from my side towards my dad's um perceived overprotectiveness right okay and yeah so I felt as though I wasn't my there's somehow I'm blaming my dad for being bullied at school there okay. and it, not necessarily his his fault but the, there's a some kind of mental link there I can feel the uh or the bullying related at all to um the way your dad would have treated you some of it but not that's definitely not the only route I don't think I helped myself I think there was a well yeah this is it's not often enough. well I've not really talked about this to to people so I'm just going with what what is coming out um hmm. I can see there's a an over eagerness to be liked mm-hmm. I can well the thing that I can see in the infant school is I used to do this thing well yeah it's a bit embarrassing really but I've seen it as a eight-year-old or whatever I used to like grab the desk and shake it and make some kind of screaming noise I can see me doing that as a yeah. little kid and that must have been to attract attention of some sort and that definitely happened so I can imagine there's a whole slew of similar or you know maybe less extreme expressions of that same mm. trait in me that didn't didn't make me and you know, I had friends at school that I wasn't you know the more junior school yeah I had good friends it was but yeah I can see I didn't help myself somehow through that certainly going into the the senior school um it it yeah I mean, well I'm just yeah the senior school was where, where it, it was more I felt less as well I fitted in less and I, I changed to a different senior school where I didn't follow to the same the senior school that most of the people in my junior school went to. I went to a different one where there's only one person from my school, um, junior school, went to that senior school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I never really got going, I don't think. And in terms of having the, you know, uh, making a good first impression and amongst my peers. And I think that was probably something to do with that holding the side of the desk trait you know still operating um as as i started out that journey in senior school is i'm just feeling because that yeah it feels more powerful that i'm just trying to feel if there's a a point in that 
towards the start of the senior school but um with things started going wrong i wasn't great at standing up for myself definitely not i didn't really ever do that you know i never made a, a stand um to 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 fight back um and i wasn't great at the sports the coordination that really yeah yeah no this is yeah it feels as though this is worth me saying i don't tell, tell me if i'm i'm rambling too much on stuff but yeah it's yeah, the, the sports thing been yeah always been the last to be picked at sports. Right. Yeah, that definitely was because I wasn't. I'm you know reasonably fit and can run, but the coordination bit I'm not good at. You know, in terms of that kicking a ball and yeah, it um, it's not a natural part of me. So that that really was a, a big contributor i think to lack of confidence and then potentially no no self-respect or not feelings i got you know if you're going to be the last to be picked at stuff whether that is whether it, that is a true reflection in other people's minds that you're worthless but i can see in my own mind there's definitely a perception that if you're you know the last to be picked not you know not always the very last to be picked but you know towards that <laughs> Certainly not a dominant first depict one. Yeah. Uh, if you if you perceive, I can see that I perceived that lower ranking. Right. Spread to you know was more of a spread to self worth generally rather than just you know bit saying I can see now with wisdom you you, you should be, the self talk should be you know I'm. Um, Okay, sports, but it's not my strongest. But I'm a great person. Otherwise, I, that would be a wiser thing rather than I'm rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, okay. which, uh, which. So, would you say that's what your general self-talk is, and it comes back to you not being worthy, worthy, and feeling a bit rubbish about yourself? Hmm. Yeah, I've never, never made that link, but yeah, me sat to dining table with someone in my relationships i mean, in a relationship with parents mm. who sat there it's i mean there is more stuff but it's part of it is the you know the i'm out trying to overcompensate for being the last to be picked all the time okay. you know they, they don't know i'm the last to be picked but i'm kind of i can see there's no overcompensation there need to be liked need to prove myself need to which i know yeah i can see it, it does trip me up it, it makes me ultra nervous so i end up saying the wrong thing you know it, it doesn't help things go smoothly coming from that state of mind it's kind of state of lack isn't it i just existing in in a lack of either their approval yeah the fact that you are you 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 felt rubbish you felt that a bit worthless that being at the end of the queue has done something to your you subconsciously which now makes you feel that you need to be overcompensating that you need to prove yourself to someone because they're not going to pick you otherwise mm. they're not yes. going to want you to be part of their 
their son daughter's relationship with you you're not going to sort of fit into that space so you don't feel is there some kind of mask that you wear when you go into these scenarios well it's probably i just avoid the, those scenarios altogether which right, is, okay but, but you know i no, i have been in those scenarios but um yeah i'm just thinking of an, of an early one of an early one of those scenarios and it's natural to I've got, you know, I imagine I might be wrong. You know, most young guys would feel that to some extent, but yeah, I can see now it's a, a, it's a particular event, like a, a dance event at a church hall. And oh, yeah, the weight on the back of my neck, I can feel it now mm-hmm. of, of approaching <laughs> that table <laughs> where they sat with the parents and. But I mean, that wasn't, it, that didn't turn out badly, you know, that actually, but I can, yeah, the mask thing is, oh yeah, it can never switch off. I can see that, i.e. the hyper-vigilance, mm. hyper-mental activity, trying to capture all the falling plates constantly in advance Yeah. before they've fallen. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is uh, it's just a way of life yeah so your expectation is already there that it's not going to be a pleasant experience for you there's always there's going to be some stress involved there's going to mm. be some some pain there's going to be a, like you said all of these plates are already spinning as in your mind yes yeah and, and I've, t- I've taken that as and thank you for feeding that back to me because I live as though that, of course, that's how everybody is. And it's not until I see your hesitation, that just the way you've repeated that back to me, that it's like, no, that, no not everybody's necessarily <laughs> experiencing that. Yeah, yeah. And, and true, and not everybody does experience that. Um, but, you know, your experiences have led for you to expect that to be the case. That when... <laughs> when it comes to you putting yourself into the spotlight, as it were, um, that it creates a certain headspace for you, which seems like it's a incredibly painful and disruptive and destructive space. So why would you put yourself in that mm. situation, I guess? And like you said, you've avoided this for you, your, your choice is to avoid it rather than put the mask on and try and face it. But I can understand why you might want to do that um, if it's already causing you this amount of distress. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, yeah. I mean, that's just such an insight from our chat so far to, you know, look at this, both look at this area that's not really been, been delved into. Mm. And, but also, yeah, to, to see that to shine a bit more wisdom that I do now have on, but yeah, that final point, yeah, to, to realize that it doesn't have to be that way. It's kind of my mental construct that's, you know, yeah, not, not helping. Yeah. Thank you. No, my pleasure. That, that, that all came from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So as far as this, the scenario then of you not being able to kind of put yourself out there into the dating world because of, 
what that might then bring. You've mentioned a few things already, um, but very powerfully that that scenario, that idea that you, there's already plates spinning and you've got to try and keep keep them going, and but they're likely not to not to stay up. Um, let's just come back to your relationship a little bit with your dad then, because your dad seemed to, if you said he was overprotective. Was that kind of trying to keep you wrapped up in cotton wool type of stuff? Was he overly abundant with love and affection? Did he make you feel good about yourself in any way? Because you said about the resentment, perhaps, that you hold or towards him. But there was there a lot of love and affection there as well? Did he kind of um, praise you and make you feel... Yeah, no, there was. Oh, yeah, there was. Yeah, he wasn't... Um... No, there was definitely love and affection there mm. and i can see you know and I, I i've done a little bit of self-work a couple of years ago with a with a kind of inquiry method and that did so reveal some stuff and what it was there was an ashamedness of my parents and i, I put them through hell really it you know it, i'm sure there is some truth to the fact they were a bit overprotective particularly my dad um but I think my mental pain from, you know, being bullied or whatever lashed out at my parents in, in disproportionately with a not wanting to be seen in public with them. It, it wasn't quite the extreme, but it, there was something which was terrible. And, and when I spotted that, well, three or four years ago, there, there was a bit of a release that, they were trying the damn best for me and I was kind of throwing it in the face a bit you know I, I certainly you know didn't you know it didn't rule everything you know and I loved them and told them I loved them but mm. there there definitely was some um you know I flew off the handle a few times verbally you know with uh, when you know when I'd said you know prefer you not to yeah even when the, going to look uh, this an event looking at the open days of, of the university and I can remember you know so when I was seventeen so you know it was going on you know a little bit old and it wasn't just when I was really young um, and I'd why did I I didn't want oh, why couldn't I be proud of them i mean that and i can now i mean they both died sadly but i'd asked that naive part of me i'd, I'd asked you know let me go and do my own thing on the open day at the university you know it's you know it's my next step in life and then i bumped into my dad in the toilets of the university when I clearly asked him to, to stay away and I really flew off the handle with him after. Right. So, um, yeah, that is an example of maybe, I don't know if it's, yeah, it, it, it's got something for me and that's the one I spotted a, a few years ago when mm -hmm. I thought, oh, that was disproportionate. I shouldn't have given him a hard time. He was only trying to suss out the universe, you know, protect me and have his own judgment on the what that university and the surroundings were like. Um, mm. But I, yeah, at that 
point in my life I wasn't having any of it. I told him to stay out, you know. They'd given me the lift to go there, but I said, you know, go do your own thing for the day. Let me, and it, you know, it, it couldn't leave me alone on the university open day. I had to be <laughs> checking it out. In, okay. So. so again, there's like a sort of a sense of there's no autonomy there for you in a way. Yes. Your dad, your dad wanted to be maybe too involved in in your life again that overprotectiveness that you mentioned yes but that stopped you from having the sense of freedom to be able to kind of feel confident and believe in your own decisions what you wanted to do mm, I suppose it did I didn't see that as an indirect effect but yeah that's I mean you can see it's so shrouded in the anger mm. <laughs> that you know I didn't really you know, because it's fair to say I'm not a, you know, a confident go-getter, risk-taker on a lot of levels. And I've never really questioned why. You know, I've just assumed that's, you know, part of who I am. Yeah. But at the root of, of that, you know, you know, area that's less strong in me. And, yeah, maybe that's... Yeah, okay. I'm, can you just, yeah, the words you use, can you just repeat those? The, it... yeah. um, so it was kind of, there was no real autonomy for you. Yeah. Uh, and it, I guess if we don't have autonomy, it can impact on our self-belief, our self-worth and our ability to believe in our own decision-making. Mm. When someone is hovering or shadowing or wanting to be so involved in the things that we do, if they have a, a way of seeing it themselves, it can cloud our ability to see what's right for us, can't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, yeah, I've not spotted that before. And it's, it, yeah, it, it certainly could, I imagine, be a, a contributor to, you know, because I struggle with decisions to this day. Um, yeah. Really try, well, to, you know, I, I've avoid them a little bit, really. And yeah. And that, of course, that's going to feed straight into dating. Mm. Shall I fly? Shall I send a like? Shall I on Facebook? Or mm. shall I? Yeah, it, it, it's a double whammy. That combined with the the plate spinning exercise, you know, are just two of, of potentially several. But yeah, just those two alone are, are enough to to stunt a, a low drive. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's, a, there's definitely a couple of big reasons there why you wouldn't put yourself forward in those kind of situations, isn't there? Mm. And, and, and I mean, is there a, a link as well? Maybe uh, tell me what your relationship maybe as well with your mum, but was there with your parents that because they had this idea of keeping you safe, do you think they maybe did um, influence your thought processes, you maybe needed to keep them happy because they had this clear direction of where they wanted you to be and wanted you to go? Mm. So, yeah, because in they weren't super dictatorial in you must do exactly this, but there's, you know, the in a, a kind of a more silent way, that must have played a part, you know, and, you know, they were quite, you know, yeah, because I remember I, I did a fair bit of volunteering as a 
in my teens and enjoy outside, you know, digging paths and, you know, a bit more physical stuff. So I decided I, I wanted to, so yeah, that led into my, you know, one of the big first decisions, you know, what, what are you going to do at university? Yeah. I think I probably always was, did I want to go myself to university or was it something that they wanted? I think both. I think, I don't think there was a, a but I wanted to be outside. I loved being outside. Mm. And, you know, I think there was a point where I was going to not go to university because I wanted to do something that continued being outside. And yeah. so the compromise, I can, I'm pretty sure that this, I'm not making this up. This is, it was a construction degree because that could marry being outside on a construction site with which is similar to either digging the paths or planting trees whatever i've been doing um with with a university education so that was definitely so uh, if that is they definitely you know and maybe it's a good thing that they coerced me into that but yeah there was probably coercion there so going back to your on the relationship front what were they coercing not in a all by love i'm sure i can see that now but you know might not have helped my self-confidence that they were um yeah i've not even thought about this for so many years mm -hmm. uh, there's definitely one instance where my dad <laughs> even oh did he there's something he he either said to a girl like I either was trying to date or dating when I was, you know, 14 or 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there was a point where he'd actually either, you know, happened upon her in the town centre and potentially, did he say something? Well, there's a bit of a memory there. So he didn't have to, that, that might be the only one. So it was not something he was, but because I, I seem to remember being annoyed <laughs> about it. Okay. <laughs> it sends them so yeah, they weren't ultra you must get married by this age or something you know they weren't like super strict yeah that so that it wasn't but yeah and i would just have said it yeah, of course it's natural for them to want me to be what they thought was happy in living the, the life what yeah well i suppose yeah this yeah, it, this that I mentioned that there's a, this confusion also I have that it doesn't help about um, being bisexual, and um, that certainly wasn't. Um, <laughs> my mum wasn't um, too well, was silent as a teenager. I can just remember. My dad certainly wasn't, um, wouldn't have been supportive, <laughs> right. should I? So he never knew about that part of me. Um, and um, yeah, I can just remember one conversation where, where some relatives were round having a meal or whatever. And the, yeah, there was some bit of the conversation was um, about yeah, somebody who was gay or bisexual or, or something and i'm sure yeah there was a my dad's oh he's not is he uh, and yeah so 
we, we never went there with the that discussion with my dad, but um, I don't think he would have been best pleased if I'd have told him about that part of me. As it happened, I did tell my mum a couple of years before she died. Um, and she, were, she was less supportive than... She wasn't unsupportive. She was more silent, really. Um, I'm guessing I'd hoped... Yeah, I think I'd hoped, really, that she'd... Well, because it'd take me so long to tell her, you know, this is... Yeah. Close to... Well, in the late 30s, <laughs> by that point, and she, and she was, you know, starting to be ill. Um, and, I, you know, I questioned whether I should even have that discussion with her. Yeah. But when she, she, she wasn't... She was actually... She'd been diagnosed with something, but she was wasn't particularly having any, you know, she was still living a normal life uh, in most respects, but she obviously got the mental battle of that she was going to have to carry uh, for that. So I, I didn't, maybe it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the right time certainly to tell her, but I, I felt as though I wanted to have been honest about that part of me with one of my parents while one of them was still around. And maybe I'd, I'd hoped that, um, you know, it was going to be like you sometimes see on the television when, you know, not that she's got to go on, on TV and say, oh, I'm so proud of my son. But it wasn't quite that, certainly. <laughs> she wasn't terribly negative, but it wasn't a, a euphoric reaction. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I've digressed a little bit, but that is, um, where were we? Yeah, so they certainly wouldn't have wanted to coerce that side of me, I don't think. Um mm. I don't, I don't necessarily think you sidetracked there. I think that was very, very much linked to what you've already been talking about. There's yeah. that sort of silence that your mum gave you. There's that sort of silent expectation, I think, that you've always, ex always experienced with your parents, even though, like you said, they weren't overtly controlling and demanding of you. There did seem to be something that you developed a sense within yourself that there was an expectation from them. Mm. that maybe yeah. led to this difficulty with your acceptance of yourself um, that maybe even though they wouldn't necessarily say or do anything, their behaviour maybe made you doubt yourself a little bit. And like you said, about making decisions, who you are as a person, your sexuality, you couldn't completely be open and honest with yourself because there was something within you that meant that this didn't, this wasn't quite right. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And of course, yeah, you want to, well, I, I, you know, it's, you want to please or, you know, your parents to some extent and not, up, yeah, upset. Yes. Yeah, and again, I'm, I'm living in a world that might, you know, like the, the plate spinning exercise that not everybody actually always lives in. Um, maybe there's a, a piece a similar piece there that you know don't definitely don't want to just create massive battles but in the same time i've never questioned the the ranking of that there might be something you know in my deeper heart 
true, you know, direction may be stronger than what doesn't seem like a loud voice to please my parents, but may ultimately be a, you know, a, a, what has been a, a ruling voice, even though it's a, a quiet one. Mm. You're just sitting there very gently in the background, questioning kind of all the decisions you ever make, in a way. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, I mean, yeah, it is, it, it, it's a re revelation, really. I can just, yeah, it's like a, a council of <laughs> silent members just behind my left back of my head, potentially. Right. But, uh, just sitting there in judgment, I think, as well, the word you used right at the beginning. Yeah. Waiting to judge you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting then, isn't it, with that, what you say then about meeting people's parents, putting yourself out there to kind of start a relationship with somebody, other things that you do in your life where there's this fear or this thought of I need to get them to, I think acceptance is a massive word that's popped up into my head. Mm. Um, and will you be accepted and will you be judged? Yes. Yeah. Mm. And with the bullying then on top of that school, I guess maybe if they're going, there's a silence sort of expectation that you've kind of built up within you from your parents. You then get to school and you're, again, there's acceptance and judgment and all that stuff playing around. Mm. They made you shy away from the kind of human connection yes yeah it um yeah I, I see i'm all for the human connection now mm. um but meant conceptually but and you know to some extent in actual real action mm -hmm. but but there's yeah it's not, mm. yeah, I remember, yeah, but he's just brought it up, yeah, the exact answer to that. I can remember the first year at university, because I've got good friends from my hometown that I'm still in touch with, and they've, you know, been, you know, the, the, the support you, even though I don't see them that much. Yeah. Um, but one of them, yeah, I can remember the incredibility of, because I was so fearful of, you know, meeting the new people at university in the hall of residence or on the course or going to join the university mountaineering club or that super on edgeness in a new social setting. And my friend said, oh, well, I, I, I'd see it as such fun meeting a new group of people. I'm like, what? Yeah. And at that point, when I was 18, the absolute disbelief that, you can't look at it like that. Yeah. <laughs> is so I'm not saying I'm there now, but yeah, that mm -hmm. is, it shows me where a uh, quite a critical point in my life where I, you know, I was laying foundations for how I was gonna react and act amongst people. Mm. But what I've just explained there wasn't a great <laughs> foundation for generating human connection. So no, no. Like you said, there was a massive again, that fear. Um, of how that might play out. 
yes, that need to, need to be liked, need for it not to be like school again. Right. I was so relieved to leave, you know, that summer. I can remember, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's just coming out, so tell me if I'm digressed again. But that summer when I, you leave school at 15 before you go to the sixth on college in the A-levels, mm. oh, that was the best summer. Right. To out of school so mm. um, yeah out of the hell of school really and but the, yeah there was pensiveness that I didn't want that to happen again at university there's a fear a desperate fear of trying to avoid that and again that same overcompensatory tool that I must seem to go for regularly was to the fore um, to try and catch the plate of school happening again <laughs> right okay so the you know, you you were so relieved to be away from it that the fear of that happening again would put you into a, a mindset where you just didn't know what was going to happen but your expectation was that there could be all these plates going around and you could find yourself in a another situation like it was in the secondary school mm. yeah and I can see I, I really need to go on away and after this and meditate on there must be there's a, a root of of what you know I'm just seeing a group of university friends all with good friends in that first year but what am I desperate for their faces not to show there's a an expression that I'm doing everything in my power uh, silent side uh. to avoid it, it's not their wrath wrath is the wrong word but mm. wrath is it is a, a strong one that is kind of in the same ballpark it's yeah anything to so I, there's somebody else's face who i can't see at the minute that did show that at some point in my life yeah um, but i think if i sit with that a bit which i never have done hopefully something because i'm doing this other course with this that's got a childhood incident meditation that I've not done yet and I, I know that's on the agenda I need to start doing that so mm. hopefully there's a um, once I learn how to do that and start doing that more regularly I have to potentially release some of these things that is feels as though it's one I need to yeah, yeah. there's an ex yeah there's an expression it, it doesn't almost matter who who the expression is on yeah it's just an expression on an individual's face judging me or looking at me that I'm trying to yeah not let happen i think if you can do the meditation as you said and and name that look mm. that might uh explain the thing that you're most fearful of when it comes to uh being in these social situations and these maybe these closer friendship situations too mm. yeah and coming just coming back to that that idea around your sexuality as well, the the um kind of the, the uncomfortable feeling that you've got around that, again, is do you think that might be something that's played out in the background? Because again, your need to be accepted, your fear of not uh, of being judged, and knowing perhaps that your parents and other family members would not have been accepting of that. Do you think that's influenced your acceptance of your own sexuality? 
yes i mean there's definitely uh, there's a big piece of you know running away until i could for lots and lots of years until i could partly actually physically and partly just mentally you know until i could consider being more mm. open back at home which mm. is now happened and done um but so that's certainly one piece but specifically on yeah just say the question again because it was more specific yeah so the, the we, we briefly had a brief conversation before we started recording and you were talking about your confusion around your sexuality yeah and you actually mentioned should i choose a boy or a girl type thing and the f- first thing that came to my mind is why do you need to choose but actually now maybe understanding a little bit more about your um self-doubt and the need to be accepted and the fear of judgment you knew that your parents wouldn't necessarily accept that you were bisexual and i just wondered whether that again coming back to this sort of quiet expectation that we mentioned earlier on has your um ideas about what your parents would accept has that influenced what you accept about yourself as far as your sexuality is concerned yes yeah because there's you know i'm reasonably happy that you know some people are on a spectrum and have you know attractions towards you know both sexes some people don't and whatever and Mm. so some acceptance of that in me that you know it's just that's the way it is um yeah but in terms of yeah oh there's a piece there yeah 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 it's there it's the only child thing last in the family line right okay all right okay that makes sense yeah Mm. yeah so that was never a spoken one but that is kind of basic physics (laughs) if um that, you know, because my dad was an only child and his dad was an only child. And, um, yeah, there's, oh, yeah, that's, and of course, yeah, so I don't want to necessarily, well, it's a bit of an impasse, isn't it? <laughs> I, there's, you can't make a, a cat bark. <laughs> yeah, so that also, there was an expectation of you to follow the get a job settle down find someone get married have kids and to live like that that conventional kind of lifestyle that your parents wanted for you and for you to go against that how do you think you felt about that yeah that that was um definitely part of it but it potentially was a stronger one was more what other people thought friends or even strangers or the as my he- mind would call it you know the somebody looking behind the curtains who i don't know who might be judging me um i think that was so I, yeah that's why i've probably not even answered your question inside my own head ever because i'm so preoccupied with the slightly stronger one that I've not really, 
yeah, the, the, the stronger ones are the from the familial perspective, the family line shouldn't stop here, but that was, and then the worried about what other people thought. Um, so to specifically think, you know, what would my parents think about, you know, the family line would obviously be the biggest one, but beyond that, what, I mean, I've not. I think it's just that I've not even gone there. Uh, well, kind of, you know, it's not even comprehensible. <laughs> That's why it's not a, a scenario I even mm. even chanced in my mind that because I'd assumed maybe wrongly that my, you know, my dad it was not, never going to be a goal with my dad, mm. and um, well, yeah, that that self-development thing what are you making it mean this there's i think there's a lot of unquestioned meanings here mm. so yeah it i mean can i imagine that yeah no this is it's brought something up there is something in me that and it's not necessarily from my parents that would prefer i'm not saying this is how my attractions operate but there's something in me wants to have the happy family normal family and that's it's a normal and i shouldn't use the word normal yet because there's everything's normal but it, i'm guessing it sure even me stopping myself in that mid-sentence shows there was there's something self-judgment or whatever operating that either won't, uh, yeah, won't face something, won't face accepting, well, at least bisexuality. You know, it. Um, th there's another impasse there, um, or a, something that's not accepted. Yeah, resolve might be too strong a word, but at least. Yeah, there's, I'm not good at accepting just in daily life that you can't do three things in 10 minutes, for example. And it's the same kind of operation that doesn't, doesn't accept and just tries to either sweep under the carpet. I might not be the right word, but yeah, there's, there's something not quite resolved there, certainly, in terms of that there's some kind of there's some kind of mental image of how I'd prefer it to be that um may have been from my parents or may not be yeah it it doesn't really there's no linkage between that and any action or non-action or strategy or compound effect daily effort to try and make something happen that's why there's, there's just no oomph in any direction because there's some <laughs> there's something not <laughs> something amiss um that that there's no foundation yeah for forward action but there's a disconnect there between what you imagine you maybe would like as far as the family is concerned i'm not saying that's not a real 
thing that you might want in your life. But there's a there's a there's a battle kind of in your mind there if if you if you can have that or not because of actually what your reality is is that you you could end up with a guy and maybe can't have that kind of family that you're looking in for. And I guess maybe there's something within you that then again there's a there's a decision there to be made about actually could you still have the family depending whether you went out with a guy or a girl you could you could do it either way right you could do that yeah. it might be the conventional way that you've got in your head at the moment but it's still something you could experience and and I've certainly gone there mentally to think that is an option mm. uh, but why is there a that yeah there's a yeah, no, we're here, we're here, yeah. It's, there's a, because there is definitely a bit of both in me, mm-hmm. you know, and part of me would prefer it all to be, you know, closer to 100% one way or the other. And it's because there's, you know, I I would, part of me would prefer things to happen <clears throat> with a woman that's stopping yeah me going down the the same sex family route yeah it's interesting as well you said right at the beginning you said i when i was a kid i needed to man up um which is a very masculine expression isn't it it's kind of to be a man what does that kind of really mean but i think in the context that you were using was not to be so feminine not to be so soft perhaps mm, not to yeah. be so um caring or whatever it might have been that you were being at the time and and again maybe that's something that seems to have stuck with you a little bit um was the bullying you know i know when i was a kid definitely there was it was deemed as pretty normal if someone was a little bit effeminate to to kind of bully the hell out of them because it was okay and then still sort of because it wasn't the norm it wasn't accepted um and again, yeah, i think that's that's maybe impacted on what you now again there's that judgment and acceptance of is it okay for me to um like guys and girls yeah but, but there's a piece there that i've not spotted that yeah you, you've spotted it that i'm not you know, I wasn't camp <laughs> at school, I don't mm. think, but there was a what a weakness on yeah the no, no it's not even a weakness. There was just a a way I was that you stick with weakness that, now because that was the first word that you used. Mm, there's case there that is something that you actually subconsciously believe. Sorry, I interrupted. Can you? Yeah, yeah, no, no. There's a. Yeah, it's asking me what. what there's something that. Yeah, the 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 thing that's got a little bit of oomph there is just you know how. Okay, yeah, there's there's a seeking attention bit. I said right at the start when I. But there's. A. Feels as though there's a a bit, uh, without foundation, for me to. Be a, a strong not leader, but 
you know, being a bit more effeminate or whatever is was potentially part of how I was. Mm-hmm. Um, not like I say, I, I, I wasn't overly camp or something like that, mm-hmm. and nothing wrong. But there was certainly, you know, maybe subconsciously, I was sending out some kind of, you know, signal that I wasn't, you know, a, a dominant male and maybe that there was some kind of upset and internally that I've not spotted, you know, about that, some kind of self-hate that, you know, I wanted to be, yeah, yeah, I can see, yeah, well, that, I've not really spotted that. There's, there must be some self-hate there that, I, you know, I want, to be, I want to be the captain of the football team and I'm not. Yeah. That kind of argument. Okay. Yeah, so that's definitely going to impact um, your self-worth and self-confidence, isn't it? Along with everything else that we've already discussed. And there's a lot of things there for you now to kind of take away and consider. I think that Mm. there's that acceptance is massive, isn't it? There's that what, you know, that autonomy we talked about with your family, about that's maybe that doubt you've got with making decisions. I mean, self-hate is a really powerful emotion hates a kind of powerful emotion in itself but for you to be internalizing that against yourself um that's not going to help with your confidence and your ability to kind of be okay with putting yourself out there to be seen if you're carrying some kind of doubt around yourself um and something you mentioned earlier on about putting all of your imperfections on display and you said you could you should accept your imperfections rather than I do accept my imperfections. So again, there's there's something playing out definitely beneath the surface there as far as that's concerned. Um, and there is an expectation in there, I think, that you maybe need to come to terms with that, that we need to throw those expectations away and start to create new expectations around yourself, which are based in who you really are and what you want for your life moving forwards. So we can remove the plates. Mm. You're more comfortable putting yourself into, into the space that you want to be in as far as making connections with people and having the relationships you want is concerned. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, it's, you know, there's a bit of me saying, arguing that oh well I kind of already knew that but I didn't I know there's deep value in these insights um I think yeah so if my ego is probably not very happy that it's getting <laughs> a bit of its its ammo unearthed and uh yeah it's uh yeah just just be gentle with your ego he's only there trying to protect you yeah from the things that you that he feels is going to harm you um mm. So yeah, he's it, he. It might not necessarily be you again because it is you, your ego. You might not necessarily be comfortable with addressing some of these things um, because they're there for a reason. They're there to protect you, to keep you safe, and keep you in this space that you've you're used to. Yeah, but, but actually, these things that for you to kind of to create the relationships that you want moving forwards are going to need, like you said, some meditation on, on some thought and some thought um, in order to be able to create what you want for your life moving forwards. No, that is, and it is timely and it's good. Okay, I, yeah, maybe 
it's late, but it doesn't matter. Um, mm. It's only I can see now the you know the the bit of more confidence from stepping out a little bit into the entrepreneurialship right. or things on the property fledgling pro- property journey about mindset. Yeah, I help this because without having questioned in the last two or three years whether it's worth the effort, I you know to well, face challenges and mm. no, I just prefer to do the easier way or. Yeah. that kind of shift applied to what needs looking at over here on the relationship front is you know it's going to be a, a beneficial duo to to you know whereas if i hadn't had the the bit of a movement in the other area of my life I, you know I, I there wouldn't have been a much belief or resilience on you know tackling some of the things we've, we've picked up today so i think yeah, it's it's time later and oh, that's great again like it's good that you can relate the two that you would have had those sort of stumbling blocks those resistances previously with other decisions that you've made in your life but you can now see that by addressing those the benefits that you've got from doing so um and that you can also do that with the things that we've discussed today and moving your relationships forward thank you so much for um, talking today um, it's been an, an amazing uh, an open conversation um, and uh, hopefully as well as the things that you're going to take away from um, today that the listeners have connected in some way to some of the things that we've discussed and could address them for themselves yeah Rowan, thank you for being a, a witness to my my mind i think it's you know probably released a a lot of things on some level for me and yeah hopefully if it can help anybody who's got that's got any aspect of what seems to have been going on in my head in in their head it can yeah make maybe help help them a little bit as well yeah thank you thank you so much thank you thank you for listening Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.